What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Two Smart Dummies Podcast. As always, it's your boy Q. And it's your boy Big Facts. Baby, what's up, man? Nothing much, man. Friday hit and, and shit. I guess the draft hit and the NBA went crazy. <laughs> yeah, you know, we got, got a nice little Thanksgiving edition of uh, Two Smart Dummies here for you guys. Of course, we were last time we talked to you, we were the day, day of the draft, so... We've gotten the draft out of the way. Um, a lot of interesting picks. I, Beatty, you kind of was like, you know, I, I've been up banging the drum that there's a lot of smart GMs in the league. <laughs> Boy, I keep looking at this draft, and either it's some grand plans out there that that my little brain can't see, or uh, it's still a lot of bad GMs in the league. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Detroit. I don't know what the fuck Detroit's doing. But yeah, man. I, so go ahead. Detroit. We'll get to Detroit because I actually am not as low on Detroit as I as I thought I was. But go ahead. Yeah, man. I I don't know, man. I just don't understand a lot of draft picks. I mean, most of it went the way I thought. I mean, Anthony Edwards going number one. I feel like you had to take him. Malik Beasley signing for that sixty million dollars not going to help him, but that gives him time. I mean, when you get the number one pick, I think you got to take the most talented person on board, and that's either going to be Anthony Edwards or Lamelo Ball. Whatever you feel. Whoever's the best. I like the fact they went with Edwards. You go Wiseman number two, kind of like we thought, another value pick. And then LaMelo Ball to the Hornets, which I think is the best place for him. After that, the Bulls, I mean, I understand them taking Patrick Williams. I understand what they're saying. He's raw. But my point is that when you're number four and you're up there, like you don't know anything. That and you've been number four? Yeah, you don't know anything the past few years. that Patrick Williams does. Like Patrick Williams does not come in and help you immediately. Like he's raw and you can, but you don't know. You could just be making another auto porter. <laughs> I don't know what he is. I don't know how, I don't know how they didn't take someone like Tyrese Halliburton, even like a Killian Hayes, like a point guard to move Kobe White off the ball. They, like that made sense to me. Yeah, I mean, they but. they could have – there's so many other places they could have went with that. Like, even taking a Denny. If you take Denny right there, I can understand that too. But I don't understand that, Patrick Williams. The Cavs, I mean, I understand taking Isaac Okoro. I understand. But Isaac Okoro, man, he feel like a second-round pick to me. I mean, I understand they talking about leadership and all this other shit. But he's not – His what is his ceiling? His ceiling is just, what, a good 3 and D player? Trevor Ariza, maybe? Well, and – I feel like that was what this draft was, just a bunch of 3 and D dudes. Um, but before we get too far, I do want to say, so before the draft started, we found out that Clay Thompson blew his Achilles. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that lead, that pretty much kills any move that Golden State probably was going to make uh, if, they, if they had planned on trading that pick. Um, so they take James Wiseman. You know, you and I both like that pick. They don't really need him to be anything crazy, uh, and you can kind of just let him develop. But you and I kind of disagree at where the Warriors at, man. I I think that I think their championship window is closed um, with Clay. You know, blown out his Achilles. I mean, when you're talking about two do your your best players are in their 30s, coming off injuries, and it's been you know at this point two years since they've made the finals. Clay probably is not going to be back until next year, um, so that's two years removed from the finals. I'm not saying they can't be a playoff team because I believe in their organization, but I, I don't see a window. They're, they're not where, 
you know, we're immediately moving them back up to where are right, they're contenders. I, I don't think that they're contenders. I, I don't know if you, you agree or disagree with that. No, I definitely I definitely disagree. I mean, now, with that being said, I do think Clay was the glue that held everything together. I mean, Clay was the clutch shot maker. He was the defensive person that they put on the ball. He was the one that consistently hit shots when they were going through their little lulls. He's the spark to get them going. I mean, there's a lot of great things that Clay brought to the table. But I can't immediately say that the dynasty ends because Clay got hurt. You know what I mean? They play games without Clay. And I think they can win without Clay. Um, they showed last year that they also do a good job at developing talent. I mean, they were losing games last year, but you saw how Steve Kerr, Steve Kerr got a chance to coach. And you saw players like Kyle Bowman, who just got cut and actually went to the Clippers, which I think that might end up being big. Um, Eric Pascal, you see these players develop, even players that um, before weren't, weren't good that turned out to be like look talented what's the kid uh that was that was drafted by phoenix um ah, shit i just lost his name the center uh chris is, is chris oh marquise chris yeah marquise chris you see them they coached him up where he looks like a look like a starting center for a lot of the years so i mean everybody's gonna doubt him about that last year last year chris was getting a double double like <laughs> chris was balling last year so, I, I mean, I don't know what you would expect from a player to say he doesn't look like an NBA player when he's in the system getting a double. All you can ask for him to be productive. Oh, I don't mean he's not an <laughs> NBA player. I just the, – the track record of Golden State players leaving Golden State is not good. Um, like, there's there's not been a single one that, that you've been like, oh, shit, man, Golden State just been hiding this dude. I guess you could say none maybe, but – He didn't leave. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he resigned back. No, that uh, – I know what you're saying. But, but – you know what I mean? I, I have a hard time seeing I mean, but you can say how that, good someone actually is outside that yeah, system. Yeah, but it, it don't matter as long as you're in the system. You can say that about Spurs, too. When people lead the Spurs system, how good are they outside of the Spurs? You know what I mean? Kawhi was great outside of it. Yeah, but Kawhi, yeah, great. Yeah, I mean, Kawhi is the one example. Now go other 92 players. Steven Jackson, maybe? <laughs> I mean, they, they have guys that can contribute. I mean, the, the dudes that leave the Warriors. And here's my other problem, like, with the Warriors. I don't know what you've seen out of Draymond the last couple of years, but it has not been the Draymond of 20. That, so here's the thing, man. Like, with the NBA, you get peaks, right? You get you get windows, and windows close. And you think about, like, for us to be expecting in 2021 for the Warriors to still be, like, elite like they were in 2014 2015 2016 i mean it's just unrealistic you know what i mean like well that's two different arguments because draymond draymond has taken a step back yeah but that steph that's that's, that's two different arguments you're arguing will they be the same team they were in 2014 that's not even real oh, of course not you have to change you have to adapt and i think that's what why but who's 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 on their team right now that is is like, oh yeah, that's a championship team? Steph, yes, obviously. But other than like going down, like I don't think Draymond is that dude. I don't, not anymore. I and I, I mean Kelly Oubre is a nice player, but other than that, like outside of Steph, there's nothing on their roster. Where I'm like, yeah, I could see them making a run. But I mean, that's easy for to say because you hadn't seen it. Like if you just doubt it, you can doubt it. But I mean, if you're talking about the production that these players have had together like Steph Steph was hurt but Steph could have came back and played it's just no need to risk that no doubt Steph is no so doubt. Steph's saying Steph was hurt he hurt his hand he could have came back and played so I'm I'm a, not gonna play eight games and he had a broken yeah, hand. I, mean, I mean we know they was you know what I mean so I'm not even discount if anything he's gonna come back fresher he had some knee injuries that he kept playing through uh Draymond I don't think Draymond is down I think what you saw was Draymond, Draymond take a back seat I saw the same thing happen with Chris Bosh Chris Bosh come with LeBron. Everybody's saying, oh, you know, Chris Bosh ain't nothing. I mean, you know, well, some players take a back seat 
in order for another player to thrive. And he he took he took off the ball so KD could play. And now he has the ball in his hands. And now more than ever without Clay. So now you get the ball up. I think Andrew Wiggins is going to be better in that system. He actually looked well in that system last year. I think Andrew Wiggins is going to be better in that system. I love Kelly Oubre in that system. If you saw the energy that he brought with Phoenix, that's the type of fire and spark plug they need. What he don't bring with shooting, he can bring with slashing. And and that's kind of what I'm saying. We're used to the it, we're used to Golden State with the three-point shooting. I don't think that's the Golden State that you're going to see. I think you're going to see a lot of slashing, a lot of more using their big men because that's what they have. Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre, although they can both hit threes, it's more about them slashing, getting to the rim, using their athleticism. If they can get So, go ahead. That said, I which I understand, that all sounds good. But they ain't fucking with the Clippers. They ain't fucking with the Lakers. They probably not beating the Nuggets. I mean, but I don't know what to make of Houston. But that's, yet. that's just you. Dallas. Saying, that's just you saying it. I mean, you believe that, but you cannot actually say. But they that don't match up. Players. Like, who do they match up well with? I mean, you even look at like Portland. Like Portland, and I think too much has been made of what they've done in this offseason. But I, I, I even think of Portland with Nurkic. With did they bring Whiteside back or, or is he still? No, he's still he's out. They Warner. got Zach Collins, Nurkic. Yeah. And, and and with Covington coming in, like I like Portland, like I like too many situations more than Golden State. Like if you're if you're trying to convince, not you, I'm just saying if Golden State is going to convince me that Kelly Oubre, Marquise Chris, Draymond Green, Wiggins, and Steph is, you know, a playoff team, I don't, I don't know about that. I, mean, I, I I I legitimately can't. Who's that? Who are they better than? I mean, that's just for you to say on paper. Like, the game is played. Like, if you're looking on paper, right. the Clippers should have won the championship. It's not about what's on paper. What I know from them is I'm pretty sure Steve Kerr can coach. I know that Steph is Steph, and Steph was a large part of that dynasty to begin with. And they have a um, championship me- mentality. Only other team that you just named out of that whole group that has a championship mentality is the L.A. Lakers. Everybody else is pr- pretty much weak mentally. Like, I've seen these players on Golden State win even when they've been down, even when they've been injured, even when it looked dire. Like, I've seen them. No, you've seen two of those players do that. How many do you need? That don't make up for the you other 13 niggas on the team. Shit, LeBron does it all the time. <laughs> you only take one. Come on, man. But you're talking about the greatest player of all time hey, all versus. I, hey, all I know, know is they played against the greatest player of all time. So the two players that you talked about was on that team was two of the three players that were able to beat him. That's significant. Because we've seen LeBron break teams. We've seen LeBron do that. And these were two players that were able to go up against LeBron and, and face him twice. Even the one time, even when he won, it took it to a game seven. It came down to a Kyrie Irving three-point shot. So it's not like you're just talking about anybody in NBA. You know what I mean? Even even the Kawhi, even the Kawhi taking the Raptors went against the Warriors when they were totally broken down. You know what I mean? Now, we had, we, Kawhi's in a situation where now he needs to prove himself. Was that a fluke? You know what I mean? Because what he did in the playoffs and losing to Denver and letting them come back, that should be made more of a deal. And I hadn't heard as much as you would have heard about that if it was LeBron or somebody else. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I think I think the situations are different, right? And we'll get back to the drafts in a second. Like for, when I think of what Kawhi was asked to do in, in L.A. is much different than what he was asked to do in Toronto or even in San Antonio, you look at he was asked what made do, him successful. He was asked to do what we thought he did in Toronto, which is be a leader. No, he 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 was asked. It wasn't even that from at least for me. Like he was asked to be LeBron James or Luka Doncic or a dude that's basically has the ball in his hand. 
you know, 90% of the time, that's not his game. Like, you look at, he's had Tony Parker to handle the ball in San Antonio. He had Kyle Lowry. You know what I mean? Like, he needs a dynamic guard that he has not had. Patrick Beverly, dog, great defender, uh, but is a zero on offense half the time like and and of course you can't start Lou Williams he, he ain't built like that so if the, the thing that has confused me about the Clippers is they they haven't addressed that yet like Kawhi isn't a Luka Doncic type like Kawhi is not a triple double triple threat type Kawhi is, is there to get buckets play defense and, and put people in positions to, to like he's not going to get you 10 assists a game he's going to get you four but he's going to get you 30 points 10 rebounds two steals whatever the case may be but if you're asking him to be the general of your offense that that's just not his game oh he wasn't that in toronto i totally agree with you i definitely think they need a point guard they were talking about getting rondo but they couldn't afford rondo but that go that's why i said i thought kai bowman that was going to be later when i said i thought kai bowman might actually work for them because kai bowman is probably the only person on the team that can handle the ball and distribute kind of like a monty morris yeah and he's the only person on that roster that i can see doing that because that's not patrick beverly that's not lou williams they don't have a guard that can do that so having kai bowman someone that played for golden state and can we saw what he does with the ball like he can distribute and be a point guard and that's what they need but you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just have more faith in that. Like, that team doesn't look bad to me. I know that people are expecting one, but I, I have faith that I've seen them mold the team and change. If they can get anything from Wiseman, which I believe they can, because what they've been playing with, for, with at the center position for the past six years is nothing like what they have with Wiseman. And it go- Tried to convince us that Kayvon Looney was that dude. Jordan Bell. Uh, Jordan Bell. And, and like, All been trained. Like I said, they make uh, Marquise Chris look like a player. So you telling me they can't make Wiseman look like a player? And all he has to do is literally run the court, dunk the ball, and uh, protect the rim. Now, to be clear, I like the future of Golden State. I'm not saying that they're like going to be back to what they was. You know what I mean? Like th- that they're going to the basement. I don't. I think their championship window is closed. Like I think that as Ubre develops, I, I, I basically what I think they're going to have to rebuild this team in a different way, right? Like you said, they're not going to be there. If you're expecting a, 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 but the last time we saw them, we can't help but expect a championship level team after seven years. But I just don't see it, man. Like, unless they, like for me, if they can figure out a way to develop Wiseman and he comes along, him and Ubre, and now Clay and Steph, I don't see the long term for Draymond. But Clay and Steph are, are complimentary pieces as they go into their a different age in their career because we're talking about thirty year old dudes now or early thirty dudes now, like that window is short, man. It's it just it's it's short, and I just I don't think that this is a contending team this year, probably not next year. But I still think the future in Golden State is bright. See, the, our biggest disagreement is on Draymond, and like your opinion of this team is not going to change until you see a different version of Draymond. And as long as you feel that way about Draymond, there's no way you can look at that roster and feel like it can compete. I don't feel that way about Draymond. I literally think Draymond took a step back because that's what he is. He's an ultimate team player. He took a step back to give KD the room that he needed to work. I think last year, if they were healthy, you would have saw a different version of Draymond. But the fact is, Draymond's not a scorer. Like, Draymond is more of like a jokey, a point guard on the floor. So if you put him out there with a bunch of bums, that's the Draymond you're going to get last year because he doesn't have people that can score with him. You know what I mean? He's not going to 
he's not that dude. He's not the dude to go score the ball. He can score at secondary attention, but he's the one that keeps the flow of the offense, which I think is going to be big this year with so many slashers like Oubre and Wiggins. But, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I, I definitely – it's not a sure thing. Either way, it's not a sure thing that they're no. not a contender. It's not a sure thing that they are a contender. But that's the beauty is you want to see what they have, what Steve Kerr can do with it, and this is where you earn your money as a coach. Eric Spoelstra, he had LeBron, he had the big three, he lose them, he has to rebuild, retool, and fi- fix it. Now he brought back another uh, iteration of that team. Spurs did it a, a but few again, times. You have to do that. You, And if you're Golden State, again, here's why I think the future is bright. Even if, if this year doesn't, like, if, like if, let's say I'm right, let's say they're not contenders and they figure that out quick. You got your pick next year. You got Minnesota's pick next year. Like Golden State is in a great position. Like, and if they can get and and with two deep drafts coming up, that's not a team I worry about. Like I I think this iteration of the Golden State Warriors that we know that that championship window is closed. But yeah, like you said, we'll see. Let's go to Charlotte, man. Um, of course they take Lamelo Ball, which I actually like. I think that's a perfect landing spot for him. Um, you know, it's kind of out of the spotlight. I actually think I don't like the Gordon Hayward move. I understand the Gordon Hayward move. I understand it. It makes sense. And the agent fucking finessed them. They're like, the only way this motherfucker is coming here is if you give us every cent guaranteed. And they did. And they had to overpay because that's because you're Charlotte. Here is where I find Charlotte very interesting. Very interesting. They have enough young pieces. You have to hope that P.J. Washington makes the next step, that Devontae Graham can continue to improve. You add LaMelo to that mix. You add a veteran like Gordon Hayward to that mix. Here's where they, where it gets interesting. Lonzo Ball is a free agent next year. And, you know, I listened to some, some of what LeVar has been saying lately. That motherfucker is basically saying we are going to Charlotte, and I know he keeps saying Jello, but I fuck Jello. Not but not lately. I think not lately. He's been saying this like a year before Alonzo even got in the well, draft. He's been saying for years. But sh- yeah, but Charlotte now, like, so he was just on Shannon Sharp's podcast this past week, and he was like, "No, like Lonzo's a free agent next year. We and both of my boys, well, he, all three of my boys are going to play for the goat. So like, that's the mentality." Charlotte's a team to watch. Charlotte is a team to watch because I think that, and you also look at what New Orleans did in drafting um, uh, uh, Kira Lewis as a point guard now. So we're already on the fence about whether or not Lonzo is is what he is as a player. Like he's never going to live up to that number two draft pick most likely. But I think you and I both agree Lonzo's a, a player that every team should want to have. But all I'm saying is. Charlotte's a team to watch out for in the future. They have some talent. I like bringing in Gordon Hayward to kind of be that veteran presence for them. And say what you want, Gordon Hayward's still a good player when he's healthy. And if he can get his mind right past these injuries, and it seemed like Boston's just kind of a, a snake bit situation from the jump. Um, but when he was healthy before he broke his hand, let's not forget, you know, he was putting up 30, 40, like creating. He. Gordon Hayward is a really good player. It wouldn't shock me if Charlotte ends up as like an eighth seed. Yeah, I, I disagree like wholeheartedly. I hate everything. The only thing I don't hate about what they did was going to get LaMelo Ball just because I believe that he's a franchise piece and that's the that's a perfect place for him. Other than that, their offseason has been trash. 
I mean, you're still you're still going out there with Bizbang Biombo and Cody Zeller as your center. Um, you're putting a lot of pressure on P.J. Washington. Miles Bridges looked better last year, but what is his ceiling like? I don't like anything that they've done, and if even even with uh, getting getting Lonzo, like I think that would be a crazy move for them to do too, because I don't even know like you what you would have to pay Lonzo. Why would you? You know what I mean? Like you got a cheap contract on Devonte Graham right now. You got Ter- Terry Rozier, probably one of the best value contracts that you're gonna get. Even though I think he should be coming off the bench as just a, a fire score, like a bench score, because that's what he is. But I, I don't like this team. The, the signing of Gordon Hayward has nothing to do with Gordon Hayward. It's just really about what does he do for your team. Like, I don't see any way that Gordon Hayward makes this team better. It, lo- it looks a lot like what they did with Nick Batum. They pretty much did the exact same thing with Nick Batum like four years yeah, ago. Yeah, but Gordon Hayward's better than Nick Batum. I don't know that. I mean, who's saying that? Oh, shit, I do. Come on now. Nick Batum. Bro, Nick, when, let's, when he let's signed, not be he, crazy. No, when he signed Nick Batum to that $100 million contract, Nick Batum was the hottest free agent on the market. He was coming from being. No, no, he wasn't. Nick Batum was trash. Like, we Nick all Batum knew Nick Batum coming out of trash. Portland was trash. He cannot be trash if he got Bro, $100 the million. Only, dollars. He wasn't only. They weren't the it's only a lot of niggas that get $100 million contracts as trash in the like NBA. A lot of them, him included. That's hindsight talking. Nick Batum was not trash when they signed him. Nick Batum was a 6'9. He was a hundred million dollar good when they signed him he they were not the only person that was after nick batoon nick batoon was a six nine point guard who could knock down threes and can defend all positions as a team player like he had been on a run with portland he he was a hot hot salt after uh, when he left from minnesota i think and then he went to portland or something like that minnesota wanted him to portland like he was good with those teams like they thought he was a young up-and-coming player now i do agree that gordon hayward is better when he was healthy now where Gordon Hayward is right now, Gordon Hayward, off one, he's coming off an injury, but not the major injury because he got injured like three times during the season. So you literally have an oh, injury a player that. that you're paying $120 million to for four years. And even if he's at his best, even if he's Utah Gordon Hayward, he doesn't really help you with that team you have. Even with Gordon Hayward being I don't Utah, know about that. Man, that team, they don't have a center. All the places around him yeah. is inconsistent. Even Devontae Graham, who people like, he's an inconsistent shooter. You add LaMelo Ball, who's not going to be an immediate impact. Like, they'll be fun to watch. They're not going to compete. Yeah, but what But what are you expecting out of Charlotte? You know what I mean? Like, what... what? That's my point, though. There, there's no... I don't expect anything, but, the, but, but that's why I don't expect them to go spend $120 million on a Gord Hayward. So, but here's the thing. Like, when, when you're... When you look at Charlotte, you look at uh uh Detroit like you you look at Atlanta like Atlanta Atlanta paying Rondo made no fucking sense to me like I understand especially since they got bought like I, I don't understand that but like the the thing for me is if you're Charlotte if you're Orlando if you're Detroit you're you are kind of laying the foundation for down the road I don't they don't give a fuck about Gordon Hayward they don't give one fuck about Gordon Hayward the fact that he's going to come in there and build this veteran presence around all these young dudes and they're and they're actually going to start to rebuild build a nucleus because no matter lamella ball could come in tomorrow and be as good as lebron james and he ain't gonna be shit like charlotte is still gonna be that bad but to come in teach these boys how to win teach them how to be professionals teach them how to work i think that's invaluable lonzo aside i think i think if you can bring in lonzo in the future keep draft and continue to build 
you're gonna be fine. None of these assets are guaranteed to 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 work out, but they've all shown flashes. Whether it be Miles Bridges, whether it be uh, they've drafted pretty well. Bro, you don't you don't bring in 120 million. This has got to be a bias that you like Gordon Hayward. Like I've heard you say be against nah. this type of signing before. This is this is one of those bad organization type signing. And, and I'm not even saying like but, I thought I liked everything they were doing. If they would have just drafted Lamelo Ball and got like. I don't even know somebody else in free agency or traded for somebody. That's fine. You don't go get, you don't go overpay Gordon Hayward. Like he's the, the contract that they gave Gordon Hayward was like, he's the piece they needed to compete. And he's not. I agree. And, and that's the they problem. Overpaid him. That, yeah. That's the problem that I have with it. Not about Gordon Hayward. Cause I think Gordon Hayward is going to be productive. I understand, but that's not the piece that Charlotte needed. If anything, Charlotte needs to be doing what OKC is doing, what new Orleans is doing. Take that young court. That they have, give them as much playing time as possible and then try to get picks. I would have been out there trying to shop Terry Rozier to whoever to get a future first or something like that. I would, but you don't, you don't think Gordon Hayward is a tradable asset, especially if he has no. a good year? Like, I, I, I again, I don't think he is because I, I, do. I don't trust that he's going to be healthy. Even last year, he was not healthy. In the bubble, he took yeah. four months off, came back, and then, like, messed up his ankle. Like, at this point in time, he's injury prone, and it's not even about the broken leg. He get, During the season, he got hurt with another minor injury, and these injuries are keeping him out six to eight weeks. Like, he's fragile. But now. that... that that stuff that listen like you and i both know it's the nba right that it's a four-year guaranteed contract by time let's let's say you're charlotte and shit just works out perfectly right like we're on the verge that's not gonna be this year next year by by year three and we're looking at this gordon hayward contract like man that fucking sucks at that point it's 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 a four-year guaranteed deal it's becoming an expiring it's a valuable contract at that point and maybe just like i'll get to detroit maybe by that time you're ready to compete because you've continued to draft you have um maybe you get a win in free agency maybe you see that the culture has kind of changed a little bit like again you and i i think we're saying the same thing i wouldn't i, I think they massively overpay for gordon hayward but it's not about that because like you, you and i both said we don't give a fuck about gordon hayward he doesn't move the needle one way or another he ain't gonna help them win he ain't gonna help them lose but he's going to help develop those players which i think is invaluable yeah, I don't think he does a I don't I don't know that he does a lot with helping those players develop. I mean if you if you listen to what they said out of Boston, like listen to, to Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, they said that he was instru- even though he's he was not used to being the, the third, fourth banana, they said that Jalen Brown specifically said that um, uh, Gordon Hayward was instrumental in his development. They that that's just the type of dude that he is, according to reports. They said the same thing in Utah. Who knows? By all accounts, Gordon Hayward is a great player, great team player. Like everything about him is good. And if that is true, I think it's a win for Charlotte. What the fuck else are you gonna do with that money? I just I mean no one else is coming. I don't know that. I'd rather keep the cat. Like I don't wanna lock down my cat for that. Like you could do different things and then we all know that twenty twenty one class next year. Like I would have brought in Gallinard. Like instead of playing paying over four twenty one, like if it's if it doesn't matter, you just bringing in somebody, bring in Gallinari. You gonna Gallinari no, got No, but a you're not just bringing in someone. And the last year, that's was not, not the same thing. Again, Char- Charlotte isn't about that. They're trying to reestablish themselves, rebuild the culture. They're not winning a fucking thing anyway. Like I know it, I, it is. I, about, I mean, I understand what you're saying. You're just telling Gallinari me that don't help them do that. Tell, I don't know that Gordon Hayward does. Like I can read all that. I don't know that Gordon Hayward does that. Like I don't. The difference is, is just like with the Draymond Green. I don't believe that Gordon Hayward is going to do that for them. Like I don't believe that that's what Gordon Hayward is. Like Gordon Hayward ain't never won shit. 
Like, you're not bringing in a championship-type player that could come in. Like, he didn't help Celtics get over the money. Like, I just don't trust Gordon Hayward like that. So, if, if it's someone that's proven, then I can be like, oh, it's not like in his prime he was Kawhi Leonard. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't trust. Shit, but in his prime he was a top 25 player. Yeah, like, was. like a lot. And in his prime, shit. Okay, let me, let me was, ask what, you a this. a top 30 player? Fuck that. No, he wasn't. <laughs> like, let me ask you this. Like, I personally think that Gordon Hayward, at their peak, was better than Paul George. Like, I, I think at the same time, I think I think he was better than Paul George. And I still think that... Now, Paul George has definitely come back from that injury. Paul George sooner, led his team to the but, Conference uh, Finals twice. Yeah, but so what? what Gordon, Gordon Hayward might do that in Gordon Charlotte. Gordon Hayward probably... Did, did they even make the playoffs? Well, they made the playoffs once with him? Utah? Yeah. With Gordon Hayward? Utah was always in the playoffs. With Gordon Hayward? Yes. I don't remember. Yes. must have went out early because I don't remember. I don't never remember Gordon Hayward I and mean, Utah Jazz making an impact in the playoffs. They were doing the exact same thing Donovan Mitchell and the Utah Jazz are doing right now. They were, I, they were one and done or second round and bounce. I give you that, which is nothing. <laughs> um, Let's go to... Atlanta. Let's go to Detroit real fast. No, let's touch on Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah. Okay. Let's, yeah, because so... Let me start by saying I do not like the draft pick of, of Okongwu there. I, I, I understand why they did it. Atlanta's in a push to make the playoffs, which is very evident by the moves that they've made, which I'm 100% on board for. And I guess if you can somehow become a playoff team and let Okongwu develop, then it makes sense. Um, but if your goal is to make the playoffs, I don't know why you don't grab uh, an Obi Topin or one of these more ready NBA guys Um then and or or like a Devin Vassell or somebody like that, and I guess it's because they got a lot of those dudes. Are Atlanta's in a weird spot? They got a lot of three and D motherfuckers, a lot of good dudes who could be twos, could be threes, and Herder, um, DeAndre Hunter, uh, uh, what's that other boy? Um, uh, oh, Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish, and then of course, and now it don't seem like they know what the fuck they want to do with uh, John Collins, but. Flip side, I love the the addition of Bogdanovich. I love the addition of Bogdanovich. I think that's absolutely perfect because Bogdanovich can handle the ball. You can move Trey off. You can bring Rondo in to run three guard sets, even though I think they way overpay Rondo. But Rondo makes sense. Only two years, um, fifteen million. I like what Atlanta's doing. Huh? Only got two years, fifteen million. That's too much, for Rondo. Seven Rondo plays ten games a year. Seven million. Plays ten games a year and then becomes playoff Rondo. Rondo, when has Rondo been worth worth that? In, Seven million. Hey, if you giving me how wrong. the veteran minimum is only three. <laughs> you giving? I take Rondo. I take Rondo for seven million dollars, especially when you just convinced me that Charlotte wasn't gonna do shit with their money, so they should give it to Gordon Hayward. What was Hawks gonna do? But that's the thing. They, they got so but much. Rondo is crazy. Yeah, Gordon Hayward ain't crazy. Bro, you, Rondo's a lunatic. Yeah, but you can cut that shit anytime. Like I said, two years, seven fifteen million. Like that costs you nothing. You can get rid of that easy. You can just wave that and stretch it, <laughs> and that's two million that's a true. year. But I, which is what Charlotte did with Batum, by the way. Not yet. They're, start, they're trying to trade them as part of the uh, Gordon Hayward sign and trade. They're trying to find a third team that'll take them up if they can give them a pick or something. But um, yeah, man, I, I love everything that Atlanta did. Like I even like the pick of a Congo. The reason why I like the pick of a Congo is because you did trade for Clint Capella, but how much do you trust Clint Capella? Like, you want somebody developing behind Click Capella. If a, a Kongwu develops like you think, then he can um, he can force you to trade Clint Capella. If not, 
Like I always said, like a Kongu said that he wanted to be Bam. Like every time you heard him talk, he said he looked up to Bam. He wanted to see Bam. Why is Bam Bam? Because Bam got to sit behind Hassan Whiteside, develop his game, develop different parts of his game, and he wasn't rushed with a lot of expectations. That's why I think this is a perfect spot for him to go because he doesn't have to immediately get in the game and you can develop different skills where he can be a well-rounded player. And in about a year or two, then he'll be ready to take over. To go along with the fact with the guard depth that they have, now all you got to do is catch oops if you're in there with Rondo or Bogdanovich. Like you're just, I agree with that. You're just a skilled player to run. Um, I love the fact that they went and got Bogdanovich because why not? <laughs> you know what I mean? Why not? You had all that cap. I don't know what Trey Young said to them last season when he got pissed off, but like before December. He said, I want to make the playoffs. Yeah, he said, if y'all don't get like, some I'm talent here to around me, then we're going to have problems next year. And they went and all yep. that taking contracts, flipping draft picks, trying to do that shit. He said, hey, y'all got to chill. And they went out there and got him. Like, I don't really love getting Gallinari. Um, I think that's the one where they could they they could like kind of chilled out on, but I think they did that for the simple fact they didn't know that they could get Bogdanovich. Like I, I believe they wanted Bogdanovich, but Gallinari was the insurance plan because Sacramento could have always matched Bogdanovich. Now you end up with Gallinari on a two-year deal, third years in guarantee. You probably paid Gallinari when you didn't have to, because the problem with Gallinari is you got so many people that can play his position, like you just talked about. You got to find a way to get Hunter in the game because you traded up to get him. Uh, you got Cam Reddish in there. You know what I mean? Play, even playing the four, you got John Collins. So Gallinari just seems like an extra piece. I wouldn't be surprised if they traded Gallinari like around the trade deadline uh, because they really don't need Gallinari. That's the only piece that I think that didn't fit. Other than that, I love this Atlanta team. I think this Atlanta team could push to be in the playoffs. I actually think this Atlanta team, with the way they score, because one thing about Atlanta, if you watched Atlanta last year, they played hard. They just lacked talent. So now instead of playing DeAndre Bembry and all these other players, you're playing Bogdanovich, Rondo, all these different players that I think will help them out. And I think that they end up being a four or five seed. They're going to be a tough matchup every year, every week. And this is going to well, and if you this is going to be about that argument. Like last year, I can argue that Trey didn't have any weapons around him. Now I need Trey to make that jump. If Trey don't make that big jump. And he's just putting up empty stats. I have to agree with you because now he has the weapons. And the thing about Atlanta for me, um, you know, last year they they were, if you go back and watch their games, and of course I know you know this, but the average listener doesn't. They were they were up big in a lot of games. They just would blow the lead in the fourth quarter. Comebacks too. Or they would, they, yep. And so, or, or they would get started late. Like Atlanta was such a weird ass team. Um, and to, to come in and bring in some veteran presence like they have, I like what Atlanta's doing. Um, I, I can't say enough about that Bogdan Bogdanovich. Like I, I, that to me is absolutely a perfect signing for them, and I, I, I like everything about what I'm, they're doing. I'm just glad that Bogdan got out of Sacramento because they, yep. they, they were fucking with his confidence, putting him on the bench, bringing him back in. Like two years ago, he looked like he was ready to make that leap, and then Buddy came, and he's kind of just been messing with his whole game. He in the starting line if he's not. You got Fox in there taking the ball. Like, I think Bogdanovich is a perfect combo guard to go with Trey Young because, as you said, he can shoot the ball. He can score the ball. He can do everything that you need for him to do. And he's he's older. He's 27. You know what I mean? So he's a, yeah. he's a little bit more mature than the average. He has, over, he has experience playing overseas. So I think that's going to be good for Trey to take some pressure off the ball because – I mean, Kevin, and I think it puts other players in their rightful position. Like Kevin Herter, he shouldn't be starting. K- 
Kevin Herter is like a Kyle Korver come off the bench, spot up shooter. Um, Cam Reddish, he probably isn't ready to start. Um, DeAndre Hunter, he's a tough player that you can put in and kind of mix up your lineup. But this team is going to have depth. They're going to they're going to give some teams some trouble. Yeah. All right, man. Let's let's jump. Um, I want to talk about the Pistons and the Knicks real quick, just because of what they did in the draft. Um, you know, everybody's talking about the Pistons being like, you know, what the fuck are the Pistons doing? And I get it. Like, because I don't really, I can't say for sure that I totally understand what they're doing um, at all. I, you, you're not talking about last week. I, I don't fucking like Killian Hayes at all. I think he sucks. But, um, you know, come to find out, Tyrese Halliburton was like, yeah, I'm not playing for Detroit, yeah. New York. Why? Like, I'm not playing for these teams. I want to get to another team. Yep. Which, kind of a head scratcher seeing as the Kings are the Kings. Um, but I get it good situation for him i guess but when you talk about the pistons the pistons basically have 19 power forwards on their team um and killian hayes uh i i really i i don't know what the plan is other than the thing i can't really understand even if i wanted to defend detroit is why the fuck would you let christian would just walk like i understand that you're not going to bring him back because again he would have made 34 or whatever it is, power forwards on that team. But why would you not get something back for that? Like, he was a good asset, and you knew a team like Houston wanted to trade for him at the deadline last year. That, I can't understand. They got uh, they got something back from him. I just don't – I, I got to find it. But it, I don't it, think they did. It was a sign-and-trade. It ended up being a sign-and-trade deal uh, as part of the – Maybe I'm behind because I can't understand how some of the – like, a lot of these deals have become that. They've been be, become – Sign and trade somehow. Yeah, I mean, like, all these deals are, like, really confusing <laughs> because they've been flipped. And I feel like that it became a part of the Trevor Ariza trade. And that's how it, it became a sign and trade. Like, the Trevor – like, I don't – I don't. It, it's, it's a sign and trade. I just have to find the trade. But still, they had to do a sign and trade. But I, I knew that they were going to get rid of um, – I knew they were going to get rid of Christian Woods because last year, Dwayne Casey doesn't like Christian Woods. I don't know why. Right. I don't know. Maybe it's because he don't play defense, but you could see it last year. Like, he would go out there and have, like, two 20-10 games, and then he would just get benched or he would get say would play somebody else. So, Dwayne Casey. So, if I'm Christian Woods, this is my opportunity. I 1,000% is not signing with Detroit unless you pay me. Like, you're going to have to pay me above right. and beyond. And so – you got to pay me like a franchise yeah, player. you got to pay me where it forces you to use me. So I love the fact that Christian Woods went there. Uh, he's a restricted free agent, so it wasn't a lot that they could get from him. Um, they, could, they had to either match the deal or they had to – they could, like, trade, you know, do the sign and trade that they did to get a trade exception or whatever. But they, it wasn't a lot they can do from stopping him from signing except match the contract. That's why it was really interesting. What happened is he originally signed for, like, three years, $25 million. And then, or like 27 million. He signed for three years, 27 million. And then Mason Plumley signed for three years, 25 million. And then it was like, hold up, right. hold up, that's not done. And then it came back for three years, 41. And I think that put put um that put Houston in a situation where they had to sign him for more. Cause shit, if you sign him for the same thing Mason Plumley just got, they might match that shit. So you had to go above yeah. and beyond. But with Detroit, nah, man, I don't I don't like anything they're doing because even if you look at even if you can justify the moves, the moves really don't make sense. Because Bowen, they had, uh, I think it's not Bowen, uh, Bruce Brown, 
They had Bruce Brown, who was a point guard, two-way player, defender that played great for them last year as a pure point guard, defender, shooting guard. They sent him away for nothing. Like, if even if you rebuild and you keep him, he was cheap. You send him away for nothing. Luke Kennard, who's one of the better shooters on that team, and showed real talent last year. They gave up. They get, got nothing for him. You send him away for nothing. You know what I mean? And then you go and you sign Mason Plumley. Um, who I like Mason Plumley when he was at Portland. I think they feel like if you put the ball in Mason Plumley's hand, like when he was in Portland, he could contribute. I could kind of understand that. Then you go and get Jerk. Nah, see. Go ahead. I, but see, here's the here's what I th- see them using Mason Plumley for. At least my understanding was because he's that dude that since you. Oh, hold on. Here's my. They, they, my they did get something from they when they traded Luke Kennard. It was a three team trade, but that's how they end up getting the 19th pick in the draft to get Sadiq. Which Bay. is Isaiah Stewart. No, Sadiq Bay. Oh, Sadiq Bay. Yeah, that's so right. they got Sadiq yeah. Bay, and I actually think that you're right. That's who. Um, that's who they got for. Um, they got the the pick to get uh, Isaiah Stewart. And that was part of that Ariza trade because Ariza came from Portland, and that that pick ended up being yeah, the pick that got that's right. to it. But it was all a part of that Ariza right. trade, all that convoluted shit. But go ahead. See, I I thought they brought in Mason Plumlee to be that that kind of rim running running dude that you can put in pick and roll with Killian Hayes since you draft a young point guard, and and that makes sense to me because he he's a dynamic playmaker, not dynamic, but he's a good passer, like. Mason Plum is a, a, a smart player, but I don't understand bringing in Jeremy Grant for that much money. When you, along when you with, still have Blake Griffin, so is Blake Griffin playing small when forward? You, I, Twenty million so a year you, for so. Jeremy. Not only do you, not only do you have Blake Griffin still, you've got Dwayne Dedman who you just brought in. You uh, got they, Jaleel they, Okafor they, who you they just. Waved him. So a couple of those you got. Oh, did they? Okay. So that's what that was the weird part they were talking about because at one point they had four centers. They had Isaiah Stewart, Mason Plumley. Um, Tony Bradley, Dwayne Dedman. Um, they, they, um, they traded Tony Bradley to the uh, 76ers to get Zaire Smith, and then they waived, uh, they waived Dwayne Dedman. So they traded for Dwayne Dedman and they waived him and stretched him. But okay. the funny part about okay. that is it only saved him like a million dollars. They did all that to save like a million dollars. Yeah, I guess I really have no idea what Detroit's plan is. My my thought was that they basically plan to be bad um until some of these contracts come off the books it'll be interesting to see if you we talked about the the golden or excuse me the uh okc new orleans golden state model of collecting assets and maybe being you know just yeah trade me your bad contract send me a first we will rebuild that way but uh they ain't got no fucking assets to really trade i mean of course they're gonna they're gonna get rid of Ariza, right they'll probably if if blake griff Ariza. Did they trade him? Yeah, in, Am I behind? Yeah, you way behind. It was a bunch of shit. It's hard to keep up. Clearly. But Ariza's on Oklahoma City now somehow. <laughs> so, like, oh, that's right. Yeah, he got traded three yeah, times he, in three he's days. He's like the most traded player in the NBA right now. So that, that's why I said that Ariza trade was funny because he never went anywhere. But now I think he ends up on Oklahoma City as somehow part of a three-team trade. But what they end up getting after all the smoke is cleared, Killian Hayes, Isaiah Stewart, which is a which people say that they reached on him. It's a, a standard big man center, and they already have Jaleel Okafor. That they could have got Plum. somewhere we else. Probably could have got yep. Isaiah Stewart in the second round. I don't know. He might turn out to be a good player. They, people said the same. Sh- they shit on Drummond when they got Drummond, and Drummond ended up working out for him uh, to an extent. 
before they pay and they got thon maker i forgot about him they released uh they they renounced the draft rights to thon maker i mean the rights to thon maker so they don't have thon maker i really don't know who on their team i believe it's just i clearly don't either i I I (laughs) I clearly don't it's derrick rose killian hayes um rodney magruder because they got rodney magruder in that um trade uh for canard um Jeremy Grant, Blake Griffin, Mason Plumley, Jaleel Okafor, Isaiah Stewart, Sadiq Bay. That's the team right now. That's the team that I see right now. So um, that's that, that's all to play. But I really don't know what they're doing. I mean, even the trade that they made to end up getting where they where they are to stretch players and shit like that. None of it really made any sense. I don't even know why they would do that. I I don't like Killian Hayes, but like I said, if you're going to do what they did, then you have to take one of the most talented players. And from what everyone says, people love Killian Hayes. He's been working out in the offseason with Will Bynum. Will Bynum is, um, you know, he's been in Detroit forever. Will Bynum said he's been working on his game. Maybe he got the inside track with Will Bynum. And they were saying that he's really developed his game to the point where you feel like he can be your starting point guard. If you put Killian Hayes working with someone like Will Bynum, who I think has probably had one of the best handles in the NBA when he was there. So if you can help him with his handles and then put him with a player like Derrick Rose, that veteran that you were saying that could teach him how to play and use some of his talents, maybe that'll work out. I even like the Sadiq Bey. I like Sadiq Bay. I think he can. I like the Sadiq Bay pick. The, yep. the problem with Bay is Bay is like a small forward or, or power forward. You know, he's a tweener. He's a tweener yeah. Where you got Blake Griffin? Only thing that makes sense in this whole thing is they're gonna trade Blake Griffin. Maybe Blake Griffin has to show that he's healthy. Maybe he has he has they have to be able to pass a physical when this COVID stuff is over. Only thing that makes sense to me is they know that they can move Blake Griffin somewhere. Because if they move Blake Griffin, then you're probably going to get the assets to start a rebuild, and then all that shit ends up making sense. As long as they have Blake Griffin on your roster, you, it doesn't make sense. Because even getting Jeremy Grant for $20 million a year is probably good for them because you know Jeremy Grant and Mason Plumlee, they're going to compete, play hard, so you can teach the young guys you know, how to compete and train and do all that shit that you talked about with Gordon Hayward. Like, I, I trust Jeremy Grant to do that because he worked his way up from wherever to be get this contract time out somehow you trust jeremy grant to come in and do that but gordon hayward a proven veteran jeremy grant in his league jeremy grant didn't get drafted he worked his way up from the slums he went through probably the hardest path to get in the nba bro gordon hayward went to to butler like you know what i mean nobody expected this dude yeah, to come he, in and be got, gordon hayward he got drafted and he was the player when he got drafted jeremy grant has been popping from team to team for like the past eight years so he didn't care who he signed with. As long as he got $20 million, he would have signed with anybody. Like, Detroit is not a winning situation. He went there because of bag. And like you said, with Jeremy Grant's contract, even if you look at his contract, his contract is excellent for Detroit. It's actually an asset. Three years, $20 million, Like, you can get off that easy for a player like Jeremy Grant. Easy. So yeah, that, that's easy. why I said I, I, the only thing that makes sense to me is the fact that they – because I, another thing that people miss out is this too is that whenever you're you're doing these things, you also want to get these players at a salary where you can match salary if you're going to do a trade, right? So, like, if if Detroit wanted to trade and do something, they they could match a Jeremy Grant and a Mason Plumlee, which we think is overpayment, but they can match him up with a draft pick and be able to get a player, you know what I mean, to come in. 
that's kind of some of these teams' problems. Like you talked about with Kyle Kuzma last episode. Like you can't trade Kyle Kuzma because his salary is not big enough to match with anybody. So even if the Lakers are going to send a first-round pick in Kyle Kuzma, what are you going to get? Kyle Kuzma only makes like $2 million. Right. Um, all right, man, let's get to some of the free agent stuff. I I don't know enough about most of these motherfuckers. And these teams are too crazy for me to try to predict how, this, how it's going to work out. I like uh, Cole Anthony to Orlando. I know you like that, too. Um, I like Devin uh, um, Vassal to um, San Antonio. I don't. Everybody's saying that's like a Kawhi Leonard pick. I don't know that I see that. Um, R.J. Hampton to the Bucks is actually one that I think is a sneaky, or a really uh, sneaky pick if that hits. You're late. He went to uh, trade to Denver. That's right. Fuck. That's right. I've, I I did know that actually, and I, I like that too. I like both of those yeah, spots too. for him. Um, but in that man, let's let's get to oh, let's get to, to free agency. Before we get to that. Like, I like what OKC Thunder did. They traded the 25th pick and the 28th pick uh, in the draft to move up to 17 to get that kid, Alexi, I don't can't pronounce his name, Pukovetsky or whatever. Like, that kid is like, if you're a rebuilding team and you ain't really got shit to lose, like, that's what you're supposed to go do because that dude right there is, like, freaky. He's, like, 7'1", like a 7'6 wingspan. But he plays like Durant. Like, he dribbles. He shoots threes. Only thing is, he hadn't really went against any real competition yet, so you don't know what you got. And he's skinny he's as skinny. Fuck. He's like Giannis. He, he looked he look like he just walked out the Holocaust or some shit skinny. Like, skinny skinny. But they say, they say that this dude's confidence is, like, unmatched. Like, he's never been put in a game where he didn't go out there and think he's the best player and get put it up. Kind of like we talk about with Bobo. So if you're a team like mm-hmm. OKC, you got all these future assets, and you don't give a shit. I love the fact that, and this is, and this is another thing where I'm gonna kind of agree with you. When when I when I like bringing veterans in, they brought this kid in, then they trade for Al Horford, cause why not? You know what I mean? Like yeah, you trade for Al Horford, he has three years, thirty million, but Al Horford probably end up in your front office one day because he is the type of person to develop. So you take a risk on this kid and then you bring in somebody like Al Horford for him to sit behind and learn to play the game. I love what OKC did there. I don't know if this shit'll work, but if it does, this could be like Giannis level when the Bucks took Giannis and it took three years for him to get there. Like this with that kid, he has that type of talent because he's his measurables are insane. They gonna have to make a believer out of me. It's, see, it's too many foreign dudes in this draft for me to get excited about any of them because I just don't know. Like, like the the thing about Giannis, hell, even Doncic or any of those dudes. Uh, Doncic's different situation. He's playing in a real league, but Giannis. Uh, who was it? Who else was it? Hell, you even look like a, a, a RJ Hampton. Like these dudes really have not been playing competition in years. So I just don't know what to make of them. The, thing, the difference is with him and these other players is it kind of doesn't fucking matter because That's you true. don't find a dude that's 7-1 with a 7-6 wingspan that can move like him. Like it's worse. It's like when they go and get Taco and he gets a college scholarship, even if it's to Central Florida. Like, he only been playing for two years, but you do it just because you don't find dudes that that's coordinated. So if you tell me you find a dude that can dribble, run, and shoot threes at 7-1, yeah, I gamble on that every day of the week. I mean, yeah, especially when you got 17 fucking draft picks. Who cares? Uh, like, you know. Um, all right, man, let's get to free agency. So I want to start in L.A. real quick. 
I really like everything that the Lakers have done. Although, like, I, I like the Harrell. I, I like bringing in Harrell, and I like bringing in um, uh, Dennis Schroeder. So those Marcus are were the, the top two bench scoring dudes in the league last year to come in and solidify you on the bench. The only thing that I kind of was wondering if you're the Lakers and you sign Harrell and Marc Gasol a part of me says I'd rather have Serge Ibaka than both of them well they couldn't get him like if he was I mean they, they tried could they not yeah they tried they, I'm saying I'm okay. not saying that like they couldn't afford him I'm saying that he chose the Clippers like he was they were okay was okay I wasn't sure if that situation was yeah with, he was in the running okay. before they before they went with Marc Gasol Serge Ibaka was in the running to go to the Lakers but I, I, other than that, I, I like the, I like everything about that. Now here's the caveat: if Marcusaw looks like Marcusaw did in the bubble, oh god, oh fuck, that sucks. But he, you could see that he's still there defensively. He, he is not there offensively, at least if you go. But you know, you kind of have to take the bubble, I think, with a grain of salt. Um, I, see, I take a. So when when they first signed, it's like what what most veteran teams do after they win a championship. You can get people for cheap; they come in. I think they might have took for granted what they had, though. I mean, with with the flash of the players that they what they had, like Dwight Howard and um, Javale McGee, like you may not love them, but what they did defensively when they when it was needed, the way that they were able to defend the rim, um, the way Dwight Howard can come in there and dominate, even for a short stretch of rebounding and defending the rim, uh, I thought that was big for them. To lose both of those players, I think, and and to replace him with Mark Gasol, who's one thousand percent on his last leg, uh, he can stretch the floor, shoot threes, and do all that stuff. But defensively, he's not there at all. Because I know one of the big things that gave Miami problems was the fact that they had like players like that on the back end early, and then you know they took him out. Then Anthony Davis was there, but that 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 size, yeah, but that size helped him in a lot of matchups. No doubt about that. I agree. But the thing is, for like, you play Miami twice a year if you're the Lakers. Like, no, no, no. I shouldn't have said Miami because I believe that McGee and them helped them earlier, like against I would say OKC, um, and because they didn't, he didn't play but, against Houston or Denver. Like, like they couldn't play McGee damn near the whole playoffs. No, but Dwight Howard, Howard, Dwight Howard played against somebody. I guess it was against Denver or somebody early. Portland. Dwight couldn't play against. It was against Houston because no 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 it, it, well it was against Portland because Dwight Howard almost couldn't play for two rounds couldn't play against Houston Miguel couldn't McGee couldn't play at all um, they, but Denver ran both them motherfuckers right off the court they're like nope you gonna play them we gonna kill you and you and I talked about that like because Dwight Howard has no idea how to fucking defend a three point shot but, to save his life but just the fact that they could put Dwight Howard in there against a Jokic and that's kind of my problem is that if the Lakers match up with Denver today, right? Who defends Jokic? Because Montrez Harrell can't. He already proved that. That was the whole. That's a lot of the reason why Denver beat the Clippers was because Jokic just dominated Harrell. Like, Harrell was a, a problem defensively in that matchup. Like, they kept going right. to that. Then you put Mark Gasol out there, who's on his last leg. I love getting Wesley Matthews. I love getting... Uh, For sure. I love them re-sign... Because I was going to knock them if they didn't re-sign KCP. Because KCP was big. So the fact that they got KCP, Wesley Matthews, I like Dennis Schroeder. Who's an upgrade over Danny Yeah, Danny he's Green. upgrade. Like, I take Wesley Matthews over Danny Green. I love KCP. I don't like Schroeder replacing Rondo. 
I, what he gives you scoring is legit, but they didn't need that. They needed a defensive defensive present. I don't know if Schroeder can do that. That's my, but I have to see a Schroeder fit. Like I'm not totally out on Schroeder, but I don't love the Schroeder thing. Um, but the the back end of Marcus Gasol and Montrezl Harrell, I'm not as big on that as everybody else. Yeah, but the thing is, the difference to me is the Lakers have AD. Yeah, as long as they're, they're, no, nothing. As long as LeBron and AD nothing else is healthy, we saw that. I mean, it's whatever. <laughs> yeah, so like you don't really need anybody to guard Jokic because you have AD. Um, the 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 thing that the, the that the Lakers struggled with last year, and the reason that I think Harold Schroeder and Gasol make sense is because now you bring in three guys that can give LeBron a fucking break. Like you bring in three, like you don't have to worry about Schroeder, and he can come in be a spark on offense. You already know him and Harold can run pick and roll on 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 a second team all day long, and and be fine. Mark can come in. He can spell for a second. He's a good defensive player. He's not going to, like, he at this point is not, certainly not as athletic as Dwight Howard, never has been. But he, I think you'll get some of that defensive replacement there. I still think the Lakers need something. But as I look around the West, dude. Clippers. With gold. I love what the Clippers did. Clippers added. I like it. I don't know that they're better than the Lakers. Right? Oh. Until they get a guard, a real fucking guard, I don't think I like the Clippers very much. Like you said, I mean, they still, they're still working that. I, they just, Luke Kennard, I think, was a great signing that, for them. That's what I was about to say. You had Luke Kennard, because people don't know Luke Kennard. Like, Luke Kennard has no. developed his game where he's not a shamit, where he's just a spot shooter. Like, Luke Kennard can get his own shot. He's a he's playmaker. He's smart. He's a playmaker. He played for Duke, you know. We've seen J.J. Redick, how those players are. I love the acquisition of Luke Kennard. I love – I think Serge Ibaka is such a big upgrade over Montrez Harrell. I agree. Um, just because of size, length, three-point shooting. Like, there's so many different things that he brings to the table that I like about him. You you are right. I do think that they need to get a point guard in there, but I don't think that they're done. Um, I keep hearing them link to Terry Rozier, which I think that Charlotte's going to have to move off of one of those guards. It's not going to be Graham because he's cheap. Um, they just have to find a way to get Rozier, even if it's for – even if you switch out Lou Williams for Rozier, I like Rozier a lot better on that team than I do Lou Williams for the fact that I know Rozier will compete on defense. You know what I mean? And it's a lot easier to get rid of a Lou, bring Rozier into the starting lineup so he can control the ball rather than, um, you know, trying to get a, ben- a a starting point guard. Then you'll just be getting a bench point guard, you know what I mean, to replace Lou Williams. But I, I remember what Rosier did in those playoffs when um, Kimball Walker was out. Well, not Kimball, when Kyrie Irving was out. Like, Rosier can be a starting point guard. If they can make that trade to get Rosier, I think that'll be big. The problem is, I don't fucking know what assets they have of, apart from Lou Williams. Right. So if they can get him for like a Lou Williams or something, but it sounds like Charlotte is open to trading Rosier. They might have to wait for all this shit to happen with. Um, get sorted out with Gordon Hayward. But I definitely think they have to move. You just spent your number four pick on LaMelo Ball. You can't have Rozier yeah, there, oh yeah, right? Yeah. And you just went and got Gordon Hayward. Like, that's too many people with the ball in their hands. You got Graham. I think what ended up happening is you end up with LaMelo Ball, Devontae Graham, and Gordon Hayward, uh, probably with P.J. Washington and um, Miles, Miles Bridges. No, no, not, I don't think Miles ended up starting. I think it ended up being P.J. Oh, I guess he can. P.J. Washington and probably Cody Zeller or somebody. Yeah, because I think they were when they, um, they bench Miles Bridges last year. I think they did. They did. Yeah. They did. Um, 
Other than that, man, I feel like I'm missing something. Listen, Miami re-signed Bam Adebayo to a five-year extension, um, which a lot of people thought they were kind of hedging for 2021, obviously, to get Giannis. Uh, He and Giannis share the same agent, and there was no way that Adebayo was, especially after fucking hurt his shoulder in the playoffs, no way he was going to play on a one-year deal. Um, I, I love that for the Heat. I think that Giannis or not, the Heat, the Heat, have the pieces in place to build i don't i don't i never saw the heat being a contender so i was you know i was kind of shocked there but i still think the heat i still think highly of them as a, as an organization they're going to be flexible with Giannis or not uh going into next year yeah i mean pat riley he did a tour <laughs> before he said every time somebody asked him he pretty much said our plan is to run it back like we're not gonna make any big splashes. We got plans. Like they had to have backup plans in case, you know, Gordon Gordon didn't want to take the one year deal. Jay or, you know, those players didn't want to take the one year deals. But he pretty much said if it was up to him, he would just run it back with the same squad, keep cap flexibility. Um, you know, the reports came out, you know, Giannis and uh, Bam share the same agent as you said, but it said that Giannis would have been more disappointed if they didn't give Bam his money and made him play on a one-year deal as opposed to giving him his money and just figuring out how to trade for him. So that was never going to hold him up. As we've seen, like you can easily, if Giannis says he wants to go there, they will find a way to make a sign and trade for him. They didn't have enough cap room to get Jimmy Butler. In some way, they got Jimmy Butler. You know what I mean? So, I mean, they, they know how to do that. But I, I like what Miami did. Um, I don't think they're going to be as good as last year. I think they're still going to be around a fourth or fifth seed. They probably won't make the playoff run. But I love they Jay Crowder didn't want to sign the, the one-year option. He wanted to get his money. He went to the Suns. So you got Avery Bradley, which I love. Um, as Well, apparently they only wanted to sign Crowder to a one-year deal so that they could keep the clap, yeah. the, the cap flexibility for Giannis. And he was like, no, nah, fuck I mean, that. everybody, everybody, everybody knew. I mean, it's been what, what Pat said in the newspaper. It, there, there was no... Everyone knew what was going on. Goren got the two-year contract, second-year team option. They gave him $14 million. Um, who was the other one? Everybody pretty much got one-year contracts with an option year, and it's a team option. Myers, Leonard, they all got the same thing. You know what I mean? So all that cap's going to fall off the books. But Jay Crowder, I mean, I understand him going to get his money. Um, you go get your three years because you never know what's going to happen. But replacing him with Mo Harkless and Avery Bradley – I mean, I love it. I mean, you get two for the price of one of what you would have got with Jay Crowder. And I don't even think they right. need Jay Crowder because bringing in Mo Harkless, I think Mo Harkless is a better version of Jay Crowder. So you add Avery Bradley on top of that with the Jay Crowder money. I like that. I think Miami's going to be better defensively. And I love Precious. Um, Precious, how you pronounce it? Achawa. Achawa. I love Precious Achawa, man. At first, you know, I wanted Maxi when it came to that pick, so I was disappointed. But then the more I started looking at Precious, like Precious jumped on the scene when Wiseman got hurt. And he averaged 20 and 10. But the, the secret thing is Duke can shoot threes. He shoots like 36% mm-hmm. from the three-point line. And his size to go with Bam, If I think he's going to make an immediate impact. But for the future, I can see Precious and Bam, that combination, even if you don't get Giannis. If he develops, I think Precious and Bam could be a nightmare. Defensively, athleticism. Like I, I really like Precious on that team. Um, other than that, man, uh, that's pretty much what I got. I might have missed someone, but I did want to see. Did you see any of the new jerseys that got released uh, that that Nike's doing this year? I seen a couple. I'm I'm just not into it. I don't really give a shit about the jerseys. <laughs> I know that they're doing some more CD jerseys. This is a money grab. They trying to find these new streams of revenue. <laughs> 
some some of these old school ones are pretty dope. Like I actually really like the Memphis uh, Grizzlies Isaac Hayes jerseys. I, I really like the Nets. They went old school. They went back to like the the 80s or 90s look um and there was one other one i can't remember which one there was another one that i thought was really dope i think it was like philadelphia or something but uh chicago chicago had had a dope one their city one was kind of cool so uh um, what do you think about other than that man uh, I, I did want to touch on with the pelicans um we talked a little bit about them but um when when they took kira lewis i was like why the fuck did they take kira they got all those fucking guards and then turns out they don't. They're like all all those guards are like free agents, like Etwan Moore, yep. Frank Jackson, all those dudes are guards. Uh, they're gone. So taking Kira Lewis is big, but I'm I'm excited to see this team because if this iteration of the team is competitive at all, fucking New Orleans is gonna be dangerous because they're gonna end up starting. Uh, I think NAW will start. I think they're gonna push him in the starting lineup because they pin, spent the mid round first on him. So he's supposed to be a kind of clone of Drew. He has a lot of the same things that Drew Holiday had. So you put Lonzo, um, just gets gave the super max to Brandon Ingram. Um, yep. You got Zion. They brought in Steven Adams and gave him a two-year extension. Then you bring a player like Kira off the bench. I, I like this New Orleans team. I like. I really like the addition of Steven Adams. He's a major upgrade over Derek Favors. So if Zion can stay healthy. Oh, without question. Yeah, so if Zion can stay healthy. And I like the fact that you said that it's Lonzo's last year of his contract. But I think that Sam Van Gundy likes Lonzo. He he said when he got there, he said his priority is to put the ball in Lonzo's hands. And that's what he did by getting rid of Drew and getting all those other guards they were using. He said that he wants to build Lonzo's confidence up and he wants to put the ball in Lonzo's hands. What he did with Jameer Nelson was incredible. If he can do just a yep. fraction of that with Lonzo, I, I think that um, I think that that New Orleans seems to be dangerous. I think you're going to see Lonzo break out. And to go with LeVar, I don't know what, what kind of terms LeVar and Lonzo's on. You know, listening to LeVar kind of fucked him in L.A., fucked up his foot, fucked up his business. He went and got a real agent. He went and got a real manager. So LeVar can talk all that. I don't know if Lonzo's trying to go to Charlotte, though. <laughs> Hell, and even Lamelo, he's like, no, I got my own representation. <laughs> uh, no, so now you're right on that. And honestly, man, you know, I like I said, I don't think Lonzo is ever going to live up to that number two draft pick. But you and I both, you know, have been saying Lonzo's a damn good NBA player. That every like that, like if he got cut today, there would be 29 other teams lined up to sign him. Uh, like he, he, I think if he enters free agency, there'll be a good group of players willing to to pay him. I mean, to really to sign him. How old is Lonzo? Uh, he's not that old. This is just, like 22? This will just be his fourth year. I mean, this is his fourth year. He'll be a restricted free agent next year. Lonzo's 23 years old. A 23-year-old point guard. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. Lonzo hasn't even scratched the surface of how good he can be. The, 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 the more he gets away from his dad... The the more you know that that New Orleans starts to gel, and if if New Orleans can be, or excuse me, if Zion can 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 stay healthy, you have the number one. I mean, you know, a number one and number two pick as the foundation of your franchise to go along with, you know, the, the other guys that they brought in. So I, I like what they're doing with Brandon Ingram. Yeah, I mean, and it, and if you think about it. <laughs> He has the perfect coach because he wants to shoot threes and run and get layups, and that's Van Gundy's philosophy: shoot threes and get layups. And if, if you, yeah, and if you if you're New Orleans and you understand that, like, all right, our foundation is Zion, Ingram, and Lonzo. Everyone else is movable. 
you know, every everything else is fluid. I mean, New Orleans could be New Orleans, I, I, New Orleans could be a juggernaut for a while. To be fair, they really ain't got shit else to move. They've already moved them. <laughs> I mean. Well, I just, I, well, I don't know about that. They got because uh, you look at the Jackson team. A's, um, JJ Reddick. JJ Reddick's the only asset which I expect him to be moved at some point, probably mid-season for a pick. But you got uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker, um, JJ Reddick, uh, Stephen Adams, but they just signed him to a two-year extension. That's going to make him harder to move. So you got to be locked in with him because mm-hmm. now he's what on a four-year deal now, a three-year deal. Um, yep. That's it, right? And then Kira, and Kira Lewis. I mean, they don't—they don't really have a lot of people on that bench. That's why I said the whole bench yeah, fell but they off. Yeah, they—they just—and they just fleeced uh, Milwaukee. I mean, New Orleans is gonna be fine. They got a million draft picks. They got a ton of young talent. New Orleans—I I mean, I can't. That—that's gonna be a league pass team for me for sure. Uh, I forgot. Um, what do you think about what Milwaukee did? You know that that Bogdanovich trade fell through. We were all talking about the Drew trade. Uh, once the tampering stuff came, I think that. She got interested. Did Bogdanovich get more? He yeah. got way more, right? Than they were gonna do with that. He got more with Atlanta, but apparently it all was because of the Bucks not shutting the fuck up. Like they basically were like, "Yeah, we got, him. we got him, we got him, we got him." And and then of course, if you're a competitor like the Atlanta Hawks, you're like, "Yo, how do they got this dude? And we're not allowed to trade. How how do they have him sign four days before we allowed to sign him? Like how? Then you leak. So you say something to the agent like, "Oh, we'd have gave him seventy, but that contract ain't signed. You can't yep. even sign off receipt cheat yet." And now Bogdanovich yep. is like, "I never agreed to this." <laughs> you know? Played themselves, so, played themselves right out of. I like, I know. like what they did though. I mean, I like, I like the acquisition of DJ Augustine. Um, I mean, if you can't get Bogdanovich, getting DJ Augustine for cheap, I think that was that was a great acquisition. They got somebody else too. You got Drew, you got DJ Augustine. I thought they got one more player. I can't remember, but I really love the fact that they got DJ Augustine because DJ Augustine has shown that he he can be clutch. He can handle the ball. He can shoot the three. Um, unless it's the playoffs. Game unless it's game one of the playoffs. That's that's the only good game he get and he done. Hey, that might be all you need, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't I don't know that. As I said before, man, uh, I said this when they had Bogdanovich. So take out Bogdanovich, and I really don't know how much better this Bucks team has gotten. And Giannis still has not signed that supermax. It's offered. It's on the table. He asked to the twenty first to sign it. Every day that goes by that he doesn't sign it, may would make me more nervous. I mean, but. Cause you see these other players signed it, and yeah. With Tatum signed, Tatum, Tatum, Bam, De'Aaron Tatum Fox, signed, Mitchell signed, Mitchell, all these people signed these. Uh, those are extensions, but I mean, he got that supermax on the table. You did the Drew Holiday day the trade. I mean, everybody said they would have talked to you about it. If that's the case, why he ain't signed that supermax yet? <laughs> and it looked, and, and meanwhile, you got teams like Miami and Dallas who are the, uh, apparently the favorite who, ju- who just kind of chilled. They didn't really. They didn't really make too many waves. That was kind of clear. Kind of cleared more cap room. Exactly. <laughs> you know I mean? got rid of. Got off that so, Delon Wright contract. Got off some. Yep. Some money. You know what I mean. So, just watch what Dallas does. Like you kind of like if he. We know how much he, you know, the Luka Doncic thing is. He likes Luka Doncic, bro. So we'll we'll see. That'll be an interesting development. We missed one of the biggest things. Philadelphia. Daryl Morey. <laughs> Oh, fuck it. That is right. Maury, man. We slipped. Yeah, Maury. That should have. Daryl Maury, like, when he got, when he went to the Sixers, the one thing that I was 1,000% sure about, they're going to get shooters. Like, I didn't have. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew they were going to get shooters. The question was going to be, what, what, who would you have to give up being a Joel to get shooters? And they ended up, they didn't. They didn't even give up Tobias. That team is legit now. They kept Tobias, 
and they got off that Al Horford contract. They had to give up a future first-round pick, but they got off that Al Horford contract, and they ended up getting um, some shooters around them, man. They got Seth Curry. Uh, they got um, – uh, who was the other one? They didn't get Shaman. They got uh, – shit, they got to look. Because they got like three. Well, I know they drafted Isaiah Joe out of Arkansas. They got Isaiah Joe. Who's a flamethrower. Yeah, he, he, he's a shooter, but they got somebody else. Because uh, I'm just trying to find the trade. Let me see. I can't even fucking find it. And then, you know, what it looks like they've done is basically gone back to when they were successful. Like, bringing in... Uh, bringing in... It's a trade that I'm missing. People that's going to clog the... Bringing in people that's going to clog the paint made no sense in, in the beginning. Um, so, you know, the natural thing is to... Ben doesn't have to be a shooter if you can surround him and Joel with shooters. Uh, I, I agree with you. I, I like what they've done. Um, yeah, I, I don't see a reason why they shouldn't be much improved over what they were last year. Danny Green, the other yeah, shooter. Yeah, that's the other shooter. Danny Green. Yeah, they traded for Danny Green. They got uh, they got Isaiah Joe, which is a, just a young rookie who's probably going to have to play because their bench is almost depleted. <laughs> you know what I mean? They got Tony. Tony. Isaiah Joe's a big dude, too. I didn't I, – I, I, like, he – can either play the point guard or shooting guard position. He's 6'5". He's like 190 pounds. Like, he, he's a dude that has some size and can straight up shoot the ball. He's going to play And they year. still got Matisse Thibel. They still got Shake Milton. Thibel. You know what I mean? Um, yep. You got Seth Curry there now, who's a 40, career, like, 40% three-point shooter. That's probably the big addition. You get Danny Green in there. Uh, they they did I, – I like what Daryl Morey did. But the biggest thing was getting off that Al Horford contract and then getting shooters around him. So – I love everything that the Sixers did, man. I mean, if they can get space, I still think I don't like Shake. Oh, Tyrese Maxey. That was the other one because I didn't like Shake. And then you draft Tyrese Tyrese Maxey. So you got Tyrese Maxey as a, uh, a playmaker. Guy, he can shoot the ball also. Danny Green, Seth Curry. I, I like what the Sixers did, man. Sixers could be dangerous next year. And they brought in Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard off the bench. You know Joel Embiid is going to miss time for for you, so you bring in Dwight Howard out there uh, to replace, which is a good replacement <laughs> for Al Horford. You bring in a minimum guy yep. that can get in there, rebound, dunk, um, set some screens, uh, somebody that's actually willing to play down low and, <laughs> and in the paint. I hope Joel Embiid, I hope Doc Rivers can get Joel Embiid to play in the, in the paint. Like, he has like a 90% like offensive rating or some shit in the paint. But he wants to shoot threes. If you could just get him in the paint to be dominant in the paint and put some shooters around him to open it up, it just seems so easy. You know what I mean? It just seems so simple. Like, he's almost unstoppable down there, but he just doesn't want to take the beating. If you just get him from outside the three-point line in the paint, I think you can be on to something. That's what I got, man. Anything else before we get out of here? Nah, that's it, man. That's it. That's all. That's it. That's all, y'all. Peace. Peace.